7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabi Somosia. On the show, as we've promised, uh, we will be speaking to the newly elected chairperson of Cricket South Africa, that is the respected Mr. Lawson Naidu. I'm sure it's a voice or a name that you've had on SAFM a few times on other matters as well as on other radio stations uh, where he has given input on various matters affecting the country. He now has a big job on his hands as a part of the newly elected structure of Cricket South Africa and after months of wrangling and back and forth we finally have a new structure of Cricket South Africa that will hopefully take the game forward. So we are going to talk all things cricket with Mr. Lawson Naidu, and do join us and do send your questions and comments. Libra, um, you've been calling us to bring the leadership of Cricket South Africa to the show, so he is here now this evening. And the number to send those voice notes is 061 We're going to trace back the journey of Mr. Lawson Naidu, just his background, and then we're going to talk cricket also. You can also call us directly on 011-714-2006. And we were also hoping, I just want to put it out there, we were hoping to pay tribute to the late Proteus team manager, Mr. Gulam Raja, this evening. We had lined up a guest uh, to speak to us, but unfortunately, he can no longer talk to us this evening. So we do apologize for that. We did want to pay tribute to Gulam, to Mr. Gulam Raja. We did try to make a plan B, but even that was not successful. So we will try and still pay tribute to Mr. Gulam Raja when we can guest, when we can get our guests. Um, and give him the fitting send-off that he deserves because we've seen even the likes of Kumasangakara have tweeted and sent messages about the passing of Mr. Gulam Raja who lost his battle with COVID-19. Served the Proteus for almost 20 years as a team manager and as well as a logistical manager. Mr. Everything did everything for those boys there in the Proteus setup and that's why so many of them were sending their messages of condolences and sharing their memories of Mr. Gulam Raja. But we're going to talk to the newly elected chairperson of Cricket South Africa, Mr. Lawson Naidu next. Tabiso Musia on SAFM. Okay, and he joins us on the line. Mr. Naidu, good evening and thank you very much for speaking to us on SAFM tonight and congratulations on the new position. Uh, thank you very much, Tabiso. It's really good to be with you. Uh, but before we start, you know, in addition to uh, our condolences to the family of Gulam uh, Raja, uh, we learned with uh, great sadness uh, today that another former CSA staff member, Moabi Liseko, is also... Uh, uh, yes. uh, passed on and we want to take this opportunity to convey our condolences uh, to the family there as well. Okay, thanks for that and thanks for confirming that Mr. Naidu. I did see it on social media earlier today and we also want to send our condolences. And I mentioned that some people must might have heard you on SAFM or on other radio stations or platforms just giving input and various commentary but for those not familiar with Lawson Naidu, who is Lawson Naidu? Where does he come from? Well, uh, you know, I'm a Durban boy uh, at heart, uh, Tabiso, uh, born and bred in, in Durban, but I, uh, I spent a, a significant part of my life outside of the country. I left as a, as a, as a youngster uh, just at the end of primary school to, to go overseas. Uh, and I lived in the UK for a number of years where I studied, uh, completed my studies, and uh, ultimately returned to South Africa um, as uh, a political change started to happen in the early 90s, and I came back in uh, mid-1992. Yes, and I actually read that you were you were in London, and that, that's where you met the late former uh, sports minister, Steve Chwete, and you organized a meeting with the High Commission for him and Dr. Ali Bacha. Is that correct? Yes, so uh, whilst I was in, in the UK, in the latter part of the last five years that I was there, I was... Um, I was a member of the African National Congress, and I was I worked at the ANC office in London, 
And uh, when uh, the, the late uh, Steve Schuette and uh, Dr. Barker came to London in 1991, I was tasked with uh, arranging and facilitating those meetings with the High Commissions of the West Indian Islands in order to persuade them to agree to South Africa's readmission to international cricket. And having, having met Mr. Steve Schuette, just how do you describe him as a leader or first sports minister after democracy? Well, uh, Bro Steve was a larger-than-life character, as I'm sure m- many of your listeners uh, will, will fondly recall. A very ab- ebullient character um, and, uh, yeah, a wonderful man to be around. And I think, uh, you know, he's, he's left South Africa a great legacy. Yeah. And for those who are just joining us, once again, we are in conversation with the newly elected chairperson of uh, Cricket South Africa, Mr. Lawson Naidu. We're just going to try and get him on a better line there. And I think he's on a speaker. But you can send us your questions to... 061-4104-107. That's the number for the voice note. So you can also call us directly on 011-714-2006 if you want to weigh in. And by the way, uh, there is cricket tonight. The Proteas are in action. Oh, these matches are so late. Um, thankfully, it's T20s now. So it's a couple of hours, but they're still late though. But the Proteas are up against the West Indies in their fourth T20 match this evening. And if they do win tonight, then they will take an unassailable 3-1 lead in the series so they will win the series which is a good showing especially how after how they came back from that hiding in the first match there when even when when Lubis was destroying them uh, so well done to the Proteas they've really picked the West Indies back here and let's see what happens tonight let's see if they're going to change the team also and give other players a run since it is um, a T20 World Cup here of course you remember when we spoke to Mr. Aslam Kota last week on the show he was telling us it's a big year for the T20 squad because it is a World Cup year he wasn't sure where it was going to be played but it will be played in the UAE now it's been confirmed um M- M- Mr Raiju just on, on on that note that you you have been involved with the structures especially the ANC um what's your view on how South African sport has progressed from the dark days to the post-isolation era well look I think we've made tremendous strides uh in in, in all of the major sporting codes to uh, you know resume our place with an international competitive sport uh unfortunately the the, the fortunes of some of our Bigger sports codes, uh, including cricket, uh, soccer, have not, you know, the results have not been as good as many of us would have liked. Uh, but I think we've made great strides and, you know, I think uh, 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 we're on the right path. And, you know, we need to invest more in, in sport in general, uh, sport at a grassroots level in particular, uh, to get the talent that, is un- that undoubtedly exists in South Africa to the fore. Uh, and we need to have a real focus on that in cricket as well as, uh, in, you know, in, in, in other sports as well. And and you're also the executive secretary for the Council of the Advancement of the SA Constitution, a founding partner of political risk consultancy, the Paternoster Group. What do these organizations stand for and, 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 and just, just, just your role here? Well, CASAC is, uh, as uh, you and uh, some of your listeners may know, is a um, is a civil society organisation whose responsibility or mandate is primarily to focus on inst- strengthening the foundations of our constitutional democracy. <clears throat> we focus on issues of uh, public accountability, strengthening institutions of governance, and uh, and holding uh, the exercise of public power to account. So we've been involved in. <clears throat> Uh, many cases before the courts where we where we uh, sought to do that, and I think we've played a, an important role in in strengthening our democracy, in ensuring that we uh, we try to live and be governed in terms of the constitution and the values and the principles that it espouses. 
which is you know you know the the same values and principles that under underpin uh, you know the, uh, uh, the the world of sports as well, and it's something I've, I've stressed in uh, in the last week since I've been uh, on the board that uh, you know we I see my role in in cricket as as no different from my role at CASAC. It's about good governance, it's about openness and honesty and transparency, and doing things in the best interest. In the case of CASAC, and in the best interest of con- of the country, and in the case of Cricket South Africa, doing things in the best interest of uh, the, the game of cricket, and in particular the players who represent us on the on the cricket fields, whether it be at club level or at national level. So, so would you say there are any similarities with how the country has gone backwards, basically, and how cricket South Africa has also regressed over the past couple of years? You know, I, I see I see lots of parallels in that, Tabi. So, in you know, we've seen weakening of state institutions, um, you know, through mismanagement, poor governance. Uh, poor financial oversight, and you know these are some of the traits that I think have have afflicted cricket South Africa. We have to be honest about that, and we have to to put that right. And I think you know what has happened now with cricket South Africa. And the most important thing, in many respects, is the fact that we have a, a, a not just a new board, but a newly constituted board under a new memorandum of incorporation. And as a constitutionalist, you know I see that MOI as being the constitution of cricket in South Africa. It's a new governance structure with the majority of independent directors on the board. Um, but I'm pleased to be able to say that all of the members of the board uh, you know, are committed to acting in an independent manner uh, and in the best interests of the game. So I'm very hopeful that we will be able to take the game to the next level. And I, I saw that MOI and I read that transparency will be very key going forward. It is. It's one of the fundamental principles of any, any form of governance. If you don't have openness and transparency, uh, you cannot have accountability because otherwise you don't know what uh, you're being held accountable for. So, to, you know, we, we, need to, um, we need to live by those principles and not just speak about them, but demonstrate to South Africans uh, that we're going to live by those principles of transparency because there is a, a huge trust deficit that has developed between the fans of the game of cricket um, and the governance of the game or the administra- administration of the game in recent, recent years. And we have to put that right. We have to rebuild that trust. And that, you can, we can only do, do that on the basis of how we behave ourselves. And you're also the first independent director in this position. There were a lot of squabbles about this set up. Um, does it put you under some pressure? Or do you expect to be under some scrutiny? No, of course we're going to be under scrutiny, and, and rightfully so. Uh, you know, we can't be given a free ride or a free pass on this. We've been uh, given a huge responsibility um, to, to, to reimagine the way uh, cricket in particular is governed, but sport in general should be governed according to the highest standards of professional ethics, uh, integrity, honesty, and, and financial uh, probity. And that's what we hope to to put in place at Cricket South Africa. And uh, it is a big responsibility, but I think we're all fully aware of the responsibility that lies on our shoulders right now. And why do you think, Mr. Naidu, that there was resistance to to having independent directors? Well, you know, change is always difficult. And, you know, when people are accustomed to things being done in a particular way, uh, uh, one often finds resistance to change. And, and, you know, change management experts will will tell you the story, uh, you know, whether it be in industry, in boardrooms, or, or elsewhere. Um, but, you know, change is necessary. It's a necessary, necessary part of our evolution of progress and doing things in a better way. And, you know, I think uh, South Africa is, is one of the first few countries in, in the world of cricket 
to adopt this model. You know, New Zealand have, have led the way and uh, the uh, England Cricket Board has done so as well. Uh, so you know we we we're, we're uh, and and this MRI I must say is you know is a is a real 21st century document that we can be proud of as South Africans have, uh, as having put together and despite the resistance that there was at some point ultimately there, uh, the people who were initially resisting uh, you know accepted that change was necessary and change in this form was necessary. Okay, for those who've just joining us on SAFM Spot On, we are speaking to Mr. Lawson Naidu, the newly elected chairperson of Cricket South Africa, just finding out more about him, and we're going to get into his vision now for cricket in South Africa and maybe some of the pressing matters that they would like to address as the new structure, the new leadership of cricket in the country. You can send us your voice notes to 061-4104-107, and we do have one here. Uh, good evening, Tabiso, and uh, good evening to uh, Mr. Naidu Libra here. I've just got two points to raise. Uh, the first one is with regards to your website. It's very disappointing that in your website, I don't see anything with regards to the corporate governance. Um, I don't see the, 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 the faces of the board of directors. You go to other, you know, the cricket um, uh, worlds, the ECB, their website has got the, the faces of the board um, there, their profiles. We can see who they are. You know, Tom Harrison, you can see that he also grew up in South Africa, but you go to the CSA website, it's blank with regards to corporate governance. Now, if you want to reclaim, you know, uh, the public, um, you know, uh, you know, backing, you need to update your website so that we can see who are the faces of the board members, their profile and all of those things, the executive who know who's the executive. And then secondly, with regards to the, um, the, uh, the FTP, the next cycle, um, I just want you to make sure that we as South Africa at least get to play um, a lot of test matches because it's very uh, uh, worrying that South Africa in terms of test matches, we are really declining. We will never get to play more test matches, especially against the so-called big three. I would like you to address those issues um, and for us to host ICC events in the next cycle. Thank you very much, Tabiso. Uh, Congratulations and I wish you all the best. Okay, thank you for that, Libra in East London. There's the first job, Mr. Naidu. He wants the website to be improved. <clears throat> well, thank you for those questions, Libra. I mean, they're all, they're all important questions. So on the website, it's, uh, we, we recognize the deficiency. Unfortunately, you know, it's, it's a little over a week that the board has been in place. And because of COVID, we're, we're scattered all over the country. So, um, you know, biographies, <clears throat> photographs, et cetera, of the new board will be up. Uh, shortly, the the website has undergone um, a revamp, and we will hopefully be uh, uh, launching that revamped website in the course of next week. So we we certainly take the point about the website and and being able, and and communication is going to be key uh, uh, for us. And obviously, the website is an important uh, tool in that uh, uh, in that endeavour of ours so to keep people fully abreast and uh, updated of what's happening at. And not just in cricket South Africa, but in the world of cricket more more generally. Uh, on the question of the future tours program, you know, again, that's something that we're acutely aware of. And um, uh, you know, the the the, the model of uh, the cycle of of cricket on a four-year calendar has kind of uh, broken down in recent years, uh, which, as you as you pointed out, has been dominated by uh, Test matches in particular amongst the so-called big three of uh, India, Australia, and England. And we need to be able to get back to a more equitable distribution of, of fixtures amongst all of the uh, test-playing nations, as well as the second-tier countries, because it's only through a competition against the top teams that they're going to progress. So we need to ensure, and this is something that uh, I certainly will be raising uh, uh, at the ICC level, 
that we need to have a more equitable distribution of fixtures. Uh, and in relation to us hosting World Cups, uh, there's now a bidding process for, for World Cups. Uh, we will, I'm pleased to be able to say, be hosting the, the Women's World Cup in, in uh, 2023. And mm-hmm. we, we, are, we are putting in bids for the uh, uh, Teach 20 and the 50 of the World Cups uh, in the years following that. Uh, we've just uh, submitted bids for that at the moment at a technical level. And uh, we'll, so that's something that's very much on, on our agenda and something that was done uh, by the interim board. And uh, I think it's perhaps important at this point to also uh, for us to acknowledge uh, the tremendous work that was done by the interim board for the six or seven months that they were in place, uh, laying the foundations for us to be able to take over an organization uh, that is, is, is not as unstable as it was uh, when, they, uh, when they came in uh, late last year. They've managed to stabilize things to a significant extent, and we are, as a board, appreciative of the efforts that they have made. And you mentioned the ICC. Um, can we confirm now that you will be the country's representatives, representative at the ICC? Uh, yes, Tobisa, I can confirm that the board has, uh, has appointed me as, uh, as the uh, CSA representative to the ICC. Uh, we, uh, we have a full uh, seat on the board of the ICC as one of the test-playing countries and indeed a founder member of the, uh, the ICC. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will be taking up that role in the next round of board meetings coming around very quickly within the next fortnight. Okay. And, and the position of CEO, Mr. Naidu, um, what's the process there? <clears throat> Well, again, you know, uh, Tabitha, as you can imagine, there are uh, our our priority list is a very long one as this board has just come in, mm. and obviously stability at a, at a management or administrative level at uh, Cricket South Africa is important, uh, and obviously filling the uh, the position of uh, chief executive officer is very high on our list of of priorities. So we're going through the process of preparing for that, looking at the job description, preparing uh, advertisements, and so on. And that is something that we'll be, we will be turning our minds to very soon. And, and for the board, what kind of a CEO would be suitable for Cricket South Africa? Well, you know, this is, uh, as many people have said to me, probably one of the toughest jobs in sport in South Africa is being CEO of, uh, of Cricket South Africa. Uh, uh, and, you know, one need, really needs someone who's very much an all-rounder, who understands the game of cricket, not necessarily having played it, but to understand the game. Uh, to have a very, uh, uh, you know, uh, experienced uh, uh, business expertise from the corporate sector, uh, but also understanding the, the important uh, social role that cricket plays in the life of, of South Africa and that sport plays in the life of any country. Uh, so it's a really a combination of skills that is required to be able to do this and to successfully manage uh, you know the uh, the head office, the staff, the relationships and linkages with the uh, coaching teams, uh, co- uh, coaching teams of the uh, the Proteus sides, but the men's and women's sides, as well as the age uh, age group teams, the relationships with the the provinces and the affiliates. So you know it's it's a uh, it's 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 a long list of requirements that we would be looking for in a prospective uh, candidate for CEO. Um, but, you know, we, we're certain that those skills exist and we just need to be able to go out there, identify them and uh, and hopefully entice them to uh, to apply for the job. Uh, you know, that's probably uh, something that people uh, a year or so ago would not even have considered because of uh, the situation that prevailed at CSA at the time. But hopefully uh, with a new board in place and with this new commitment to governance and uh, uh, probity, 
that we will be able to attract ca- candidates of the highest caliber. Okay, we've got another voice note for, for those just joining us. We are talking to Mr. Lawson Naidu, who's the chairperson of Cricket South Africa. I just wanted to congratulate Mr. Naidu um, on his appointment. Um, this is Peter from Durban. I, I, I've heard him on the radio in his other capacity um, interviewed. He's always struck me as someone who is, is balanced and who, who loves this country and treasures its democracy and the rule of law. And heaven knows that that's what cricket has needed because we've been horrified by what we have seen. And uh, I I wish him well and I wish the new board well and I certainly hope that they will bring some sanity back into the structure of the game. I've got two questions. The one is about grassroots development and support because to some extent that is a problem, particularly in more rural, poorer areas. The other question I have is how do we take on the might of the triumphant of England, Australia and India? Because it seems to me that cricket internationally is being bullied by these three. How do we deal with that? I'd like his views. Thank you. Thank you, Peter and Devin. Maybe let's start with the second one, Mr. Naida, because that's the that is the notion that England, Australia, and uh, India are bullying everybody else in world cricket, and he wants to know now how do we balance these these playing fields? Yeah, look, I mean, I think you know one of the things with uh, uh, South Africa's role at the International Cricket Council is that we've always had a significant uh, voice there. Um, and that, you know that has diminished in recent years because of the uh, the troubles at home with CSA. Um, so we we perhaps haven't been taken as seriously at a, at an inter- international level as we should be. And one of the things that uh, I certainly want to try and uh, uh, engage in discussion with the ICC is around you know uh, one at the, on the one level one must accept that those are the biggest uh, income generating countries when it comes to uh, global cricket. But there needs to be a more equitable distribution of um, resources and fixtures if we are going to grow the game in a sustainable way. Uh, and that's got to be in the interest of everyone involved in cricket, including um, uh, uh, the cricket bodies in India, Australia, and, and, and England. And that's an argument I will be seeking to put across that, uh, you know, um, it, it, you know uh, that one accepts that you know they will get the uh, the biggest uh, share of the pie, if you like. But the distribution model needs to be changed fundamentally if we're going to uh, encourage the growth of cricket in other parts of the world. Um, in relation to, to to Peter's first question about you know grassroots development, mm. uh, especially in rural areas, you know that's that's something we're going to have to uh, to look at as we look uh, more broadly at, at all of the policies uh, and strategies of Cricket South Africa. And that's something that, uh, as a board, we have already said uh, are amongst the things that we're going to have to look at uh, in due course. So, uh, because we don't grow the pool of talent from a very young age and, and bring people, young people in particular, into, into the game uh, at an early age. And even if they don't continue to play the game, hopefully... Uh, like I did as a, as a young boy, fall in love with the game and become lifelong uh, supporters of the game. You know that that would be a big win for cricket. So the grassroots development is not just about finding the uh, the next uh, Makaya Insini or Vern Falando or Temba Vuma. It's about finding uh, supporters for the game of cricket who will enjoy a lifelong love uh, um, for the game, as I have. 
And and on that note, I mean, how how important is it also, Mr. Naidu, to create equal opportunities for all of the kids? You know, and when I talk equal opportunities, I'm talking about facilities also, which are a crucial aspect of this. How do we get this right, and what partnerships are needed? You know, that that that's that's probably one of the biggest challenges that uh, uh, we face, particularly in cricket, because of the kind of infrastructure that is required. Uh, to be able to play the game, but you know, at a at an early developmental uh, level, at a young age, you know, a bat and a ball is all that all that you need. Uh, but as you progress through the the, uh, the age groups, and you know, you start ha- having more formalised cricket, then you need proper facilities in terms of wickets, uh, equipment. Um, you know, uh, the paraphernalia that goes with playing cricket is quite extensive, mm. and you know, comes at a not insignificant cost. And so we need to find ways of doing that. And, and CSA can't do that on its own. Government uh, clearly can't do that on its own. Uh, so we need to find creative partnerships between um, uh, CSA, government, uh, the private sector, uh, and, and community organizations who you know, can also step in to assist in this process. So we need to really identify how these partnerships can be put together and how we can create the infrastructure uh, to enable people to begin to participate in the game. Yes, and the reason I'm asking that is that we've seen over the years, even from the days of Makai Antini away in Mdingi, he probably was, play, was playing in a team of 11 cricketers, but he's the only one that gets out of there and makes it to Dale. And it happens in rugby also, where out of a team of 15, only one or two get taken to the so-called cricket or rugby schools. And it's just not sustainable, I think. No, it really isn't. And that is the model that you know rugby and cricket have followed, is you know identifying talent, uh, a, bl- a black talent, and, and then taking uh, taking those youngsters off to the elite schools, uh, and that can only happen in you know in a, in a, in a, um, a, a defined number of cases. It's not a mass participation program, and as you say, Toby, so it's not sustainable. So whilst that, uh, and even that perhaps hasn't been as, as successful as the amount of money that's been put behind it may may suggest. And we really need to to refocus our uh, our energies towards uh, t- township areas and and you know identify particular areas of the country where cricket uh, has some sort of a foundation and basis and improve the uh, the quality of the infrastructure in those areas so that we c- we can begin to draw uh, from this bigger pool of of uh, talent that I have no doubt is is there but needs to be given the opportunity to flourish. Okay, we've got another voice note here that's come through on 061-4104-107. Before we play that, um, let me tell you that the toss has taken place um, for today's fourth T20 between the Proteas and the West Indies. Temba Pavuma has won the toss and he's put the West Indies into bet. I'm just going to have a quick look at team news and we'll give you the team um, as soon as I get it. Good evening, Mr. Tabiso. Good evening, Mr. Naidu. Good evening to the team of the show. My question is about transformation in the cricket family. How is Mr. Naidu going to help us solve that issue with us not having it in future? We all witnessed what happened three, four months ago. That led to the minister in charge of sports, Natin Tetwa, to step into the cricket for us to even get a, a, a ICC ban. It, it, it was very sad for us to experience such a thing. So how is Mr. Naidu going to assure us that South African cricket is not going to experience such a thing again. Even after he exits from the seat, surely after winning us a World Cup, is Bramoro in Mangawu. Thanks, Bramoro in in Mangawung. And maybe um, let's let's start with the issue of transformation, Mr. Naidu, because in your first address after being elected, you did not shy away from transformation and you've reiterated how key it is. Why was it important for you to put it out there even in the beginning? Uh, 
Well, because I think it's one of the biggest challenges that we face, as we've already uh, discussed, to be so. You know, um, uh, it's a huge issue that, uh, that that confronts South Africa uh, as a whole. It's not just sport or even uh, just cricket. Uh, we see, you know, huge socioeconomic inequalities in our society. And cricket, cricket is a microcosm of that. And as, as cricket, what we need to do is to find, uh, find answers to the specific issues that, that we face. Is how do we broaden um, uh, uh, people's uh, accessibility to the sport? How do we encourage more young people to become involved in the sport? How do we get more cricket fans involved so that it, you know, the game can grow organically? And, and we, need to, we, you know, we need to rethink the way that we do that. And it's not simply a question of, of uh, a numbers game of how many black players there are in, in a provincial side or a, a national team. That's the end product of the process of transformation. It's not uh, the start and the end of it in itself. Mm-hmm. And so what I was trying to convey in that initial message was that we need to rethink what we mean by transformation. It's got to mean a fundamental change in the way that we do things. And if we don't change the way that we do things, then the outcomes are not going to be any different to what we've seen in the last 20 years with just a sprinkling of uh, black cricketers um, in the national team, whether it be the, the men's or the women's teams. And that, 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 that's something that has to be addressed by us as a board and as, as a cricket family. And even the board is not going to have all the answers to that. So we, we need to engage with all of the other stakeholders in, in the game. And, you know, I've had lots of calls in the last week or so from various people, including former players and coaches who want to share ideas about how this can happen. And we need to be able to get all of those people around the table and to put, to, put their ideas together and come up with a, a framework of solutions that can be imp- implemented that are realistic but also achievable. Mm. Do you think there's a will? From, what, from the interactions I've had so far, Tabisa, undoubtedly there's a will. There's a real determination that we need to fix this thing once and for all and we need to create a sustainable pipeline of, of, of cricketers coming through to be able to play at uh, whether it be a schoolboy level, at under-19 level, provincial level, and through to the national team. And, you know, the, a lot of resources, as I've said, have been uh, targeted in that uh, direction in, in uh, recent years. Yeah. And uh, perhaps we need to refocus how some of that money is being spent. Yes, because even when, when the director of cricket, Graham Smith, took over, he said he was surprised uh, at how much money has been spent on development, but he doesn't think it's being used rightly. So I think it's similar to what you are saying. Bramoro also raised the, the issue of what happened over the last couple of months when some of the former cricketers and current cricketers shared their stories of discrimination and exclusion in the system during that Black Lives Matter campaign. Firstly, what did you make of those re- revelations? Well, you know, I think it was a historic moment in time that gave those players um, the opportunity to speak up. And quite clearly, uh, people felt that they uh, didn't have the, the space to do so previously, which is, which is, you know, an indictment on our society as a whole, that people who, who uh, have been victimized or perceive themselves to have been victimized uh, were not able to speak out about it before. Uh, and even those, uh, though some of those are high-profile public figures, uh, you know, who played cricket at, at the highest level. So it's a sad indictment of our society, but, uh, you know, it was a real opportunity as well. People found their voices and, you know, those former players and coaches and the like, you know, uh, stood up and, and uh, made a very, very strong statement that I think as South Africans, and I've said this before, you know, we should be taking the lead in fighting racial discrimination, not just in South Africa, but across the world because of the particular uh, experiences that we've had under apartheid uh, in this country. Uh, 
and you know the the uh, international community uh, stood in solidarity with us when we were fighting against apartheid and surely it is our responsibility now as south africans to overcome racial discrimination at that uh, structural level uh, i'm not uh, for a moment suggesting that race, uh, racism doesn't exist in south africa now it very much does but it is our responsibility uh, as cricketers and as South Africans to stand up against racism wherever we see it. And I think the uh, uh, Black Lives Matter movement amongst cricketers in South Africa has been an important part of that, uh, uh, you know, that response. And on that note, Chairperson, then what do you make of how the Proteas have approached this Black Lives Matter movement, uh, especially when it comes to taking a knee? It seems like the other countries around the world are, are, are leading this and, and the Proteas have left it to the individuals to decide their stance. Well, look, you know, I think the first thing uh, to say, Tabitha, is we have to, or certainly from my point of view, uh, respect the decision that the team management have taken uh, on this matter. Uh, it, it is perhaps not a, view, uh, not a position that I would uh, necessarily share, but I respect that, uh, that they w- they've gone through a process of discussion and reached this outcome. And what I will say is that we will want to engage with team management uh, and uh, the team itself uh, when they return um, from this tour and sit down with them and have a further discussion to understand exactly uh, the processes that they went through and how that decision was reached. Not because we want to impose as a board our views on them as players, uh, but to have a a robust engagement and hopefully uh, 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 achieve an outcome that demonstrates our implacable opposition as Cricket South Africa and the broader cricket family to any form of racism anywhere. Okay, we are still speaking to the chairperson of Cricket South Africa. We're going to take a quick break, but before that, um, let me just tell you, I've, I've, I've seen the team now, the protest team that's playing the West Indies tonight in the fourth T20. Temba Pavuma winning the toss has put the West Indies into bed, and the protests remain unchanged. So same team, De Kock, Riza Hendricks, Temba Pavuma, Aidan Makram, Rassi van der Dessen, David Miller, George Linder, KJ Rabada, Anir Nokia, Tabrez Shamsi, as well as Lungi Ngidi. And may I add that Tabrez Shamsi is the number one bowler in T20 cricket in the world right now and it's proven that in this, on this tour of the West Indies. So that's what's happening there. The first ball will be bowled at 8. It was raining, um, so we'll see if they're going to start. At SAFM Radio and at Tabisomusia on Twitter. Okay, let's continue our conversation. You can send us your voice notes to 061-4104-107. Uh, Mr. Naidu, just on that note, on that on that matter of Black Lives, uh, on that note of Black Lives Matter, what's your view on the delay of these social justice and nation-building hearings that were due to take place? Yeah, um, you know, Tabitha, again, this was a, a, a difficult one because you know this this is a matter that was uh, initially raised by the previous board that was in place. Uh, last year. Mm. It was then a matter that was handed over uh, and dealt with by the interim board, and there was uh, a disagreement uh, between the interim board and the Ombudsman uh, Advocate Intabeza around the terms of reference and the process uh, going forward. Uh, and so the matter was delayed. Uh, it was passed on to us, and we've we've been engaging with uh, the Ombudsman uh, Advocate Intabeza and his team this week. And um, the, the hearings will, uh, will commence next Monday, uh, the 1st of July, and the process is now back on track, I'm, I'm very pleased to say. Okay. And as, as a board, we, we are f- fully committed to this process of the uh, social justice and na- nation-building project that will be uh, led by, by Advocate, uh, Advocate uh, Dimi Sensebeza. 
Okay, loud and clear, Chairperson. We've got another voice note here. Good evening, Tawiso, and good evening to Mr. Naidu. Uh, first of all, congratulations, Mr. Naidu, for your appointment as Cricket SA Chairperson. And yeah, I believe in your leadership. Uh, uh, Cricket SA will be transformed. Speaking of transformation, can 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 Cricket SA come to the show every every week or every quarter whenever there's news regarding cricket, our boys, so that we we, we can transform our nation to start loving this cricket? Because what's happening there in cricket, uh, it, it it looks like it's for certain individuals. So, but then with 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 the news shared to to the nation all the time with an, an updates we will start loving cricket our nation will start loving cricket i thank you and 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 good luck with your with your job mr naidu thanks for that i think that was cabello there maybe after 100 days cabello we can bring mr naidu back because there's this thing of 100 days these days um but yeah. yes but do you do you agree with him where he says he feels that cricket is a bit exclusive to a certain market well, it is, and again, it's one of the things that I've said. And you know, there's, uh, there's, you know, uh, there's a real perception that out there that it remains an exclusive game for a particular elite, uh, and we need to change that. And it's not just a racial elite; it's an elite that has gone to certain schools where uh, that have a, a you know proud or great uh, cricketing history. And we ne- we need to break down those barriers and and expand the game so that. Uh, the future test players come from, you know, uh, other schools uh, um, located elsewhere in the country. So very much in agreement with that, that we need to uh, break down some of those glass ceilings that may exist at the moment. But I think it's important, you know, one of the things that we need to do as a board, uh, as I said earlier, is to is to rebuild public confidence in, mm. in the governance and, and administration of Cricket South Africa. Uh, and we're committed to doing that and to rebuild those relationships with the with the media, with the public, but also with our, with our commercial partners, because you know we spent a lot of time to, uh, speaking about transformation and what needs to be done and so on. And unless we're uh, able to attract sponsors back into the game, none of those things are going to be uh, able to happen. Uh, they they won't be realistic if we don't have the money to do it. Uh, so we you know and, and the sponsors are only going to come back if they believe that the game is now being run properly and, and according to uh, you know to sound ethical and business principles. And that's something that we need to put in place to be able to say uh, to sponsors and commercial partners that you can trust us with your money again. And, uh, you know, there, there's a great deal of, of interest by sponsors to, to get involved in the game. Mm. Um, but they've understandably been cautious in re- recent times. And financially, Chairperson, where is this organization that you are taking over? Um, well, unfortunately, it's not in as healthy a state as it, uh, it was a few years ago. And it's been impacted by, by a number of things. Uh, obviously, COVID has impacted on, on, on things to a significant extent, extent in the current uh, financial year uh, and the previous one because of the curtailing of the England tour, uh, the abandonment of the Australian tour that should have happened a few months ago. Uh, and, uh, you know, we were very fortunate to be able to, to run a domestic season last year under strict uh, COVID conditions. Uh, but that... Uh, you know, coupled with uh, issues that were raised earlier about you know uh, uh, not being able to uh, attract uh, uh, incoming tour- touring teams, which is where we make a lot of our revenue, uh, 
as well as the, the poor governance of Cricket South Africa has, has caused uh, some sponsors to walk away from the game. And that's all impacted on the bottom line of Cricket South Africa. So the finances are not in a, in a healthy situation at the moment. And that's another one of the issues that we need to apply our minds to as a board, to look at, uh, to critically look at our, our, our budgets, uh, to see how we can increase and find new revenue streams to, to sustain the game. Uh, because it's about you know rebuilding the financial health of the game as much as anything else. Because without that, uh, all of the things that we've spoken about uh, you know won't happen. But also importantly, you know the financial health of the game means that we take a little bit of pressure off the players because the players have been rightly very concerned about what has been going on at Cricket South Africa and particularly financially because their futures and their livelihoods were at stake. Uh, and we need to give them the assurance that the, the, they don't need to worry about the business side of things and they can just uh, concentrate on what, what's happening on the field of play. And they need to be able to uh, you know, replicate the success that we've seen on the field in the last few weeks. You've mentioned the sponsors a few times in the last couple of minutes. Is, is that probably the first port of call in the first 100 days? Well, it'll be one of many calls that we have to 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 do in the in the first hundred days. Is is the sponsors, is other stakeholders we need to engage with? Uh, um, as I say, the you know the broader cricketing family, uh, the cricket players association, who are a critical stakeholder in this process, um, and a whole range of others. But of, of course, you know the sponsors are, are an important part of that because, as I say. Without that uh, firm financial foundation, um, you know, the, the, the instability will continue and we won't be able to do the things that we would like to. Okay, we're just going to take the last break, Mr. Naidu, and we'll wrap up after this break. Thank you for, your, for the time you're giving us tonight. Bye. Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. Okay, we are wrapping up our conversation now with the chairperson of Cricket SA. Just on that issue of financials, uh, uh, chairperson, there is a question here from social media from Bruce who says, how will you make CSA financially viable? Well, uh, as I said, we've got to attract sponsors back into the game and we've got to uh, ensure that there's a more equitable distribution of resources from the ICC. Uh, I, you know, a significant portion of our income income. Um, uh, comes from the ICC as part of the uh, formula that they use for the distribution of uh, income from global events, uh, ICC events and World Cups and the like. And we need to uh, to negotiate a, a more equitable distribution of those funds, uh, but also to, gr- to grow the game domestically and to attract the sponsors back. That, that you know that's a critical part of this, and to ensure that the uh, the affiliates, the provinces, are run in a more a sustainable commercial footing and not simply rely on, on income from uh, from uh, CSA uh, nationally uh, to conduct their operations. Of course, they, they will continue to do so, but we need to, do, to, to create a more um, uh, uh, revenue-driven model at a, at a provincial level. And then Kevin on Twitter wants to know, in the name of transparency and openness, are executive and director remuneration going to be published in CSA's annual report? Uh, I would certainly hope that that's going to be the case going forward. It hasn't been up until now, and we're we're currently uh, conducting a review of all of those issues. And once they are finalised, we certainly would hope that we would do that. Yeah, and 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 the new board has been welcomed, generally well received. But there is one concern that people have raised that there is only one woman on the board, and they and and they wanted to know were there no suitable candidates um, of women to be part of this board. Uh, well, I can't answer the latter part of the question because uh, I wasn't part of that yeah. process. 
but it's it's something that we are acutely aware of, Tabitha. And again, it's something I raised in the in our first board meeting uh, that it's it, you know it's it's uh, very regrettable that we've ended up with the, in the situation where there's uh, well there are actually uh, two women on the board at the moment, if we include the uh, acting chief financial officer who serves on the board as well. Mm. But uh, you know that uh, the the point is that we need to find a systemic way of increasing a women's participation in the game at all levels, um, from grassroots, from play, uh, women playing cricket to women uh, umpires, scorers, administrators. We need to relook at the uh, our, our, um, employment practices at Cricket South Africa, although I must say that they're pretty good uh, from the, uh, the overview I've seen so far. Um, but we also need to find other ways of, of including women in the uh, governance of, of cricket at a, at a national level through uh, seeking to identify uh, appropriate women that we can appoint to board subcommittees. And that's something that we are looking at very closely at the moment. And and, and and could this be a reflection of SA Cricket, the fact that there was only one woman on the board? Um, well, it, it perhaps is, because, you know, even if one looks at the level of the uh, uh, the presidents of the affiliates mm. uh, of the 14 that there are, there is only, amongst them there's only one woman. Uh, mm. So it is, it is a problem. Uh, it, it seems to be a problem, a problem that's prevalent in, in the game, and we need to uh, identify the root causes of that and put in place, uh, you know, um, mechanisms to address that. And how do we attract more women into the game? Uh, and, you know, the irony is uh, the majority of cricket fans in the country are women, and yet mm. they're not represented uh, in anywhere near that uh, percentage in uh, how the game is run. Okay. Finally, Mr. Naidu, I read something here which um, I want you to confirm. Is it true that you've only missed one test match at Newlands? In 27 years, that is correct. Really? So yep. you are a proper cricket fan? I am a proper cricket fan, a cricket fan Toby, so yeah, and I, and I love test cricket. I make no no secret of that. <laughs> and how did you miss that one match now that you've mentioned it, now that you've confirmed uh, it? I, I, I was on a, uh, on holiday in India at the time, <laughs> and uh, ironically, we were playing Pakistan here at Newlands. Okay, that's a good enough reason. And do you still play for the Spin Doctors 11? I still play for the Spin Doctors 11. We're about to enter our 23rd or 24th season. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure a number of the lads are listening to this uh, uh, interview at the moment. Okay. So where do you where do you bet? Do you bowl or do you keep? No, I, I, I do keep sometimes. Oh. Uh, I do keep sometimes. My shoulder's gone, so I don't bowl anymore. And as I uh, described to one of your colleagues in the media uh, the other day, I've now uh, classified myself as a lower middle order journeyman. A, a lower middle order gentleman. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. Okay, thanks for indulging us, Mr. Naidu and Chairperson of Cricket South Africa. I appreciate the time you've given us um, tonight. There have been calls to bring the new leadership on the show and just get some clarity on a number of issues, and I hope we've covered as much as we could. Thank you, Tabitha. I've really enjoyed it and appreciate your support for the game. Thank you, sir, and all the best in your position going forward. That is the newly elected chairperson of Cricket South Africa, Mr. Lawson Naidu. And I can tell you now that rain is gone. Wait. Okay, covers are off. Yes, they are off. So it looks like we will be starting on time at 8 o'clock between uh, the Proteas and the West Indies there. And there was another cricket game actually today. Sri Lanka up against India. Sri Lanka up against um, England. The second ODI at the Oval. Sri Lanka posting 241 for 9 in their 50 overs. And England are currently on 120 for 2 after 20. So they need another 122 runs from 29.4 overs or so. Let's give the last word to Kai.